When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tapping on the Zach Sang Show and letting us into your ears today. We're about to catch up with Jake Miller. He is doing things on tour, making music. We have a lot to cover. Plus NFTs, how they're changing his life. He's also in love. A lot to discuss. So please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and enjoy. Here's Jake Miller. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. And we welcome back to the studio for the first time in this studio. But for, uh, I don't know, you've been on the show a bunch. Yeah. We welcome back Jake Miller. Hey. Thank you. Love that clap. Do you remember the first time you ever came on the show back in New York City? Yeah, of course. That was um, the morning of the Starland Ballroom show, or maybe like Best after. Buy Theater show. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the next day was the Jersey show at Star- yes. Starland Ballroom. But yeah, I remember like telling you how the floor was like going crazy for Collide. Yeah, yeah I remember that day because it was a very well. It was one. It was a weekend, and we did that interview on a on a, a Saturday. But also, you had very different energy around you. Like, couldn't be further opposite from the Jake Miller that shows up today. Wait, why? I need to know. I mean, you literally showed up with 27 people in your posse. No. Yes. No. You had it was a, probably my band because we were no, on No, you, you had a security guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you were wearing sunglasses inside, and I was like, can you see me? Yeah. Well, I was like 20... 23 maybe oh yeah we you were we were the same age yeah, this baby. is 2013 20, so we were tw- oh my so god yeah, you were younger than that you're 22 21 i'm 30 this year mazel tov getting up there i am i'm getting up there different world I feel 30 <laughs> do you actually physically feel 30 i'm feeling older for sure yeah i'm well, seeing differences in my body my skin my, i'm tired like a lot more like yeah i go to sleep pretty early now you really so it's sleep that's where you're seeing your age i, I feel like Back like a few years ago, like I would be able to stay up till like two or three, no problem. Now it's mm. like midnight. I'm done. Pass that on the couch. Mm. My lower back like is starting to have some issues. <laughs> um, but no, a lot of a lot of uh, good things too coming with you know growing up. Obviously, I feel really good about turning thirty. Like a lot of the people that I have talked to about turning thirty who are already thirty are like, yeah, it's it's great. Like, don't be scared to to hit 30 but i'm really excited mm, let me know i'm frightening i'm frightened i'm 29 but as of may okay so i still have a year left yeah it's fine it's just a number yeah it's true uh, that's the rumor back to the first time I, I met you yeah because it sticks with me a lot of things have come and gone but the one thing has stayed the same is scooty back there scooter yeah your boy that's my ride or die he will never will never leave each other that's my that's my best friend right there there is something different and special i mean literally i've watched everybody from your life yeah the first day i met you all those years ago in 2013 well i mean it's funny because scott is like the one who's you know always with me so people see him tour manager manager friend whatever you want to call him but you know kevin yeah yeah yeah, he's been around that just came from his house literally from your interview um, Joey, who was my DJ, I was just playing one-on-one basketball Joey, with him yesterday. But he's not a part of the crew anymore. Not part of the crew anymore. Still family. You know? But I mean, still, yeah. I mean, we're all going to dinner together tonight. So even all the way on the other side of the country, because we weren't living in LA at that point, we've all pretty much moved to LA now. Ten years later, and we're all still just as close as we ever were. So it's it's a beautiful thing. How do you meet somebody like Scooter? Scooter um, reached <laughs> out to maybe my dad in like twenty. 20- 12 or 2013 before I ever went on my first tour I barely had any fans you know him he's early on everything so somehow he found me on Facebook or YouTube and said um you know whenever it's time for you guys to go on your first tour can I come and sell merch 
So he started off as my merch guy, <laughs> then kind of graduated to tour manager because he knows everything about everything about, you know, how to get free check bags at United and how to get <laughs> this and that. Um, and now he's just part of the management team. He's just my best friend. He's just, you know, he's he's there for, for everything, for anything I need. You've learned the most since 2013. I mean, you've gone through couple different labels but what you learn at the end of that yeah. is you yeah you're the most important thing yeah for sure i mean it seems like it seems like i say it in this new song but it seems like i've lived like a million lives like not i didn't even mean to say that but you know which is another a million lives yeah another song that I've, that I've made but it seems like i've lived so many lives like especially since i started making music like so many ups and downs been through so many different labels so many managers so many agents and you know I'm still here, which is pretty cool. I'm still, I I hope to think that I'm growing as an artist every day. I'm getting better and better. And, you know, I still have my fans rocking with me and we're still able to go on tour 10 years later and, you know, playing awesome shows and still with the same crew. So it's it's really awesome. What are those gross indicators to you? Like, what, like what, do you look at data? Like, how do you yeah. tell if you're growing or getting better every day? I like, definitely look at, like, the analytics. I don't let it, you know, get to me or I don't obsess over it the way that I used to, you know, back in the day there's just too much to look at now too many platforms like when i first came on your show there was no tiktok there was hardly an instagram yeah there was there's only one place to like stream music at the time it was youtube yeah iTunes. youtube itunes but yeah i mean i check those i check those stats a lot because they it is my job to know you know if i'm going in the right direction if i'm not how to change it but i think as you just get older you just realize the most important thing is to just do what you love, which to me is making music. Do it with the people that you love, which I do. I only set up sessions with people that I love um, and that I have great chemistry in the room with. And, you know, I, I just have good sessions with the people that, that I am actually friends with. And that's really all I can do. I mean, I know how this industry is now. Like, I know how hard it is. And um, I know how many stars have to align on top of being talented, on top of, you know, doing this and that. Like, you need to have so many things that, like, the normal person outside of the music industry would never really even think about these things. And it's really hard, um, especially when you're not on a major record label, which I haven't been for a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to make the best music as possible. But since then, have you seen, like, your art's only gotten better, no? Thank you. I hope so. I <laughs> think so. I mean, it's hard to tell because I always try to make different stuff. So, like, the stuff that I'm about to release in this, you know, upcoming year is a lot different than, you know, the heartbreak stuff that I was doing. So, it's kind of hard to compare the two. But, yeah, I mean, the production, I think, is getting better. The songwriting is getting better. Sorry, I'm not even looking at you. I'm just no, that's fine. I'm just enjoying it. Just wanted to let you know I see you over there. I see you, too. Are you playing with a tennis ball? Yeah, I am. I love tennis balls. Yeah. That was, like, there was one show. Sorry to sidetrack. <laughs> there was one show I did in, like, 2012 or 2013, and it was me opening for Asher Roth. <laughs> and Sick. at the time I'm like this guy seems so cool and low key and he validated it because we shared a dressing room and the only thing on his rider was a, 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 <laughs> a case can of, of tennis, tennis ball so he could just throw him off the wall that's kind of what I did I just walk around here I just bounce the tennis ball yeah it's like we're leaving yeah it was really cool your was, first show uh, was opening for Snoop Dogg yeah that was my first show I was still in high school I was a senior in high school how do you get that gig I was like just starting to make music I think I kind of knew like a local show promoter and he just gave me my first you know my first shot um and at first i'm like there's no way i'm doing this like the whole crowd's gonna hate me i've never performed before i'm gonna suck but i brought like nine of my best friends on stage with me and brought half the school out and it was like the night that changed my life in terms of realizing like being on stage is what i have to do forever like that's my favorite thing being on stage were you rapping at that moment oh yeah i mean hardly i sucked at it but <laughs> never sang a note in my life at that point didn't even really write my own music like i had this manager that found me and and he was like uh, we i have this guy who's gonna help you write your lyrics and so we put out like three or four songs one called dreaming one called um like sit back and relax i think i wrote that one but a lot of those really really early ones I didn't really have much of a hand in creatively. I didn't really know what to expect. I had no clue about the music industry. And my my first manager said, we're going to have to get you to perform. You're going to have to play shows. And I'm like, one thing that I got to tell you straight up before we like get into this, I will make music. I want to be famous, but I'll never, ever play a show. Like, that's just not who I am. <laughs> and then the Snoop Dogg opportunity came about and I couldn't say no. So I'm so confused. How does one plan on getting famous? And I didn't have any clue about the industry <laughs> i just wanted to make music, like music and throw it on youtube and 
um, at that point, I didn't even really think about performing. Like, it wasn't even a thought in my head. I was such a shy kid and growing up and in high school. Um, but then I got that opportunity. I'm not going to say no to opening for one of the biggest icons in music. So I did it. Um, and it was like, it was life-changing. It flipped the switch for me. Wild. Yeah. Fast forward to today, which you, you say the music's going to be different than Silver Linings Part 2, right? Which is more, yeah. how would you describe it? I wouldn't say this music is too much different than Silver Lining 2, which I you know, just put out last year. Um, I'm not trying to be this artist that has to come out with something drastically different every time I release something. But Silver Lining 2 was definitely like my proudest project. And I think this is just kind of like an extension of that. It's just really great, rich production. Um, obviously, John Bellion inspired because he's like my favorite. I think you can hear a lot of him in the, in the new song that I just dropped, A Tattoos. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, the content, I guess, is different than what I was writing about last time I was here, I guess. It's just fun stuff that, you know, is, you know, the way that I'm feeling in my life right now, which is just, I just feel really relaxed and great about my personal life. You know, music in my career is like one thing. Like that's, I'm going to try to make the best music as possible and let the cards fall where they may. Um, but like my personal life, I, I couldn't be happier about <clears throat> I have great friends. Great girlfriend, great family. I live in California, like going on a lot of like cool road trips and hikes and I'm spending a lot of time outside and it's just, yeah. And I think that kind of all spills into my music that I'm making these days. You're good looking, you're rich. Stop. Yeah, I have a hot girlfriend. I mean, I life's great. I mean, through the lens I see. Thank you. I mean, a little jealous. exactly what you see online, obviously, but, but yeah, I mean, I can't complain about my personal life. I, well, I really am happy. Accurate enough to write songs about it and sure. to have to draw inspiration from it. Very true. You're a cat dad. I'm a double cat dad now. Double cat dad. Yeah. I, I love my cats. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, like, they are two of my favorite things that I've ever had, ever. Like, more than friends sometimes. <laughs> um, my girlfriend had this cat named Loka when we first met. I'm like... You know, I'm super allergic when I'm, when I come over your house, like, please like put her away. I kind of started to get closer with her. She didn't really like me at first. And then I said, let's move to California together, but don't bring the cat. <laughs> She's like, I'm obviously bringing the cat. It's like my baby. So the, she brings the cat to California. I slowly get less and less allergic because she's sleeping pretty much on my head every night. Had some rough nights though, before I got, you know, not allergic. And then, um, I just fell so in love with her that we just got another one. Tiny little, and they both look like, uh. What is it like? Uh, Puss in Boots from Shrek. Like the tiny little, <laughs> like who couldn't love these cats? But I'm not like a fan of all cats, just these two. I want to go back to the silver lining part two. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to keep talking about the cats? About the cats? No, Let's talk I, about the cats. I honestly hate cats. Um, <laughs> That's what you say until you Most have a cat. People do. Yeah, I, I always hated cats too. But I'm know, like silver lining. I'm like so okay <laughs> with never owning a cat. I'm yeah. so sorry. I love yeah. my dogs. I have two of them. They have their own problems. You, get you some cats. <laughs> you say it's your most proudest work. Why? What, 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 why are you attached to it? Why does it fill you with pride? Um, and also like, how do you define that? I think, I mean, just on top of like the artistry itself, being in all these sessions and working with amazingly talented people and just seeing the growth in like the actual music. I think I spent the longest on this album. I think it was like 17 songs and I started like half of it over the pandemic, half of it kind of spilled into the pandemic. And a lot of these songs, just like I kind of relate really good times and memories to like five or six of the songs in this album, like Save Me. I was on the beach in Florida during the pandemic making a homemade iPhone music video with my girlfriend. Like that's what I think of when I think of Save Me. Um, Click, we just made a really cool music video. It kind of had its moment on TikTok and I think it was helping a lot of people at the time because it's, you know, a song about, I'm not really where I, where I want to be yet, but one day it'll click. Um, Jump in, we, you know, I shot a really cool music video in Malibu and um, spent a lot of time doing that. And I, I don't know, I felt like over the pandemic, I put out one song like every two months. So each song had like its moment and each song felt like, you know, it wasn't just kind of like, oh, great song. What's next? Like it really had like its moment to live and I had time to promote it because I wasn't doing anything besides sitting at home because it was in the middle of a pandemic. So I don't know. I just look back on the track list on Silver Lining 2 and think like there's a lot of songs that just make me think of great times and great memories. And uh, I think I think hopefully the fans feel the same way. 
do these songs make you proud after they're released or before they're released? I'm obviously proud of them like when I make them, but there's like the pit in my stomach of like, will it be, will, it, will people like it? Will it flop? Will will it come out and people will be like, oh, this is great. And then two days later, it's just another song and people are saying what's 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 next. But it wasn't like that with these songs. And, and I think a lot of them just connected. I mean, Ross and Rachel, when I think of Ross <laughs> and Rachel, my second or third song in this album, I think about going on tour and having three different couples come on stage after playing Ross and Rachel and and proposing and and us watching that at the show. And they specifically wanted to do it during or after Ross and Rachel. And it's like, that's such a moment. Like, that's just a song I made with some friends. And all of a sudden, people are connecting with it so much that they want to make it like the song that they, you know, get down on one knee to in front of a crowd of people at my show. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that album was really special maybe it was the time like because of you know where i was mentally and just the world kind of felt like it stopped for a few years obviously as we know and i i don't know maybe that's why your tours have always been like a safe space judgment free space you've always interacted with people in the crowd you used to bring a couch on tour with you i did that was my mom's idea <laughs> i had a song called my couch this was back in the day of the long first, time ago first interview yeah like 2014 or 15 Great times. The OG fans know about the couch. You bring no seating with you today on stage? <laughs> no, no furniture. <laughs> <laughs> no furniture in the bus? No we bring some cool lights. Um, but yeah, no no couch anymore. You mentioned songs that have impact, right? Ross and Rachel is a song that obviously people want to propose their love to another person to. Million Lives is another song with really great impact. Is that still part of the set list as you plan on going on tour? It's not. Again? It's not. Um, really? It hasn't been for a while. Why? I mean, it's really hard to have that balance of like wanting to, like knowing that there's so many people in the crowd who have been there since day one and who want to hear those songs that you made at the beginning of your career. But then there's the side of you that's like, you know, hopefully I've done my job and I've made a lot of new fans. And a lot of people in this crowd, you know, probably don't know of those old songs. Plus, on top of all that, I want to play my new stuff because yeah. I'm the most proud of it. I don't want to just keep playing something I've played for 10 years. I kind of want to, you know, retire it and not overkill it and just let it be that special thing that I did years ago. There's a balance though with that. Like if I show up to see an Elton John show and he doesn't play Rocky Man, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm gonna revolt. That's a smash though. This is a song that everybody knows. If you discovered Elton John yesterday or, you know, 40 years ago, you, you know that song. A Million Lives is like something I made as a as a kid. I was a different person. I was rapping like. Do you not like the song? No, I like it. it. It did so much for a lot of people and it helped a lot of people and it helped my career. It helped take me to, I guess, like the next level. But, um, but I mean, musically, when I just listen to it, just listening to the music, no, I, I like my new stuff way better. I like the message in it, obviously, but it doesn't even compare to my old stuff. My, my, totally. I'm really, really proud of my new stuff and it's... No, sonically, totally different. Yeah. Did totally save different. a lot of lives though. Uh, hopefully. I, mean, I thought so. I mean, you told a lot of stories attached to it. True. On stage to that song. I've heard a lot of great, powerful stories from fans about how that song and other songs like I'm Alright or Ghost, songs I made way back in the day, have, have really helped a lot of people and I think to this day that's like my greatest achievement um, just as a musician. Like seeing firsthand how many people like my my songs and my lyrics have have truly touched like I've, i see people at every show multiple people with my lyrics handwritten on their tattooed on, on their bodies which is like just insane um so yeah i think that's my greatest achievement so far as an artist i hope i die first all capital letters intense title yeah intense last story song, last song off of uh silver lining too is that essentially like uh, from my my understanding it sounds like you're talking to somebody you love yeah, no, of course. We actually made that song a week before everything shut down. I remember like being in the studio and all of our it was like six or seven people in the studio, all my best friends. And they're like, "Yeah, all these all these uh sessions are getting canceled. Everyone's going home. Like I think this this COVID thing might be a real thing." And I remember thinking like, "It'll blow over next week." And next week the world shut down. 2 years so later. That was like, yeah. So that was like the last song that I made before everything changed, but yeah, that song is just about how you know, whether it's uh, in a relationship or your family or your friends, like I, the world is just getting so much crazier and colder these days. And it's like, if I didn't have you with me by my side, like I, I don't know how I would survive it. Um, so it, it did kind of come at a perfect time, honestly. But yeah, I really like that song. 
And eight tattoos is going to spark a whole new era for you, correct? Yeah. I mean, as I said, it's not some crazy drastic change. People aren't going to listen to him and be like, who is this? But I, I love it. I think it's really cool. It's about kind of just like the growth and change that I've seen in my life over the past decade. Um, we were writing it and it's, we were like, is this about a relationship, an ex-relationship? Or is it about you talking to the kids you went to school with saying that how much you changed and you know, you wouldn't recognize me anymore. And we're like, yeah, it, could, it could be both. So that's why it kind of, um, we got really excited about the fact that it was like kind of more universal and not just about like a relationship or something. Why was it the right song to introduce a new chapter? Um, that's a good question. We had a few that I were, that were contenders, but I'm with Empire Records now. Um, Congratulations. I'm really excited about it. And so I have a lot more people um, around me who I respect their opinion and I pretty much said, hey guys, these are like the three or four songs that I've made recently that I love, that I wouldn't mind, you know, coming, you know, as is this new era, like being the first single and which one do you guys like? And everybody was like, let's do eight tattoos. That one's really cool and fresh and summery. And I'm like, let's do it. Are there eight tattoos? Like, is it about something like Wait, real? It's the funniest thing. The other day I'm at home and me and my girlfriend are just like talking about eight tattoos. And I realized I have nine. <laughs> <laughs> because i always forget about this one that i just got on the back of my arm so i'm like wait one two three four five six seven eight what is the one on the back of your arm mean we just got it on tour it was the high missed you tour and everybody on the tour got it it's kind of like the logo that's cool i don't know if you can see it but we all went on like our last day off and got <laughs> tattoos together all of us like 10 of us and i always forget it's there <laughs> you might have to count like 10 times and we're like Oh no, gotta change the song. Didn't you a couple years ago say you weren't gonna get any more tattoos and you're only gonna get one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't work out too well, did it? Nope. <laughs> I do think I'm done now. No, mm, no I way. Do. No I honestly way. do because I'm getting to the point where I don't wanna have a bunch of tiny ones. Yeah. It's either stop now or get a sleeve, and I can't get a sleeve. I just can't. I want to. Why can't you? Commitment? I just can't. Why? I mean, you literally go, I want to, but I can't. I don't know. I just don't want to be that guy. I think my family would <laughs> disown me. My Who's grandma would definitely disown me. Who's that guy who has a sleeve? Let's define him. Honestly, when I look at a guy with a sleeve, I'm like, that guy looks really, really cool. Yeah, me too. But there's some people like my parents or my grandma or people just... Hooligan. Well, yeah, who they look at tattoos and they're like, that looks terrible. So like, I already have a lot in my parents and my family's you know, perspective. And if I got a whole sleeve, they just wouldn't understand. I think it looked good. I think it would too. But aren't a lot of your tattoos music related to your career? They are. Um, I mean, yeah, or like the places that mean something to me. But so you're still young. You still have this whole career ahead of you. Don't you think you're going to go out on tour and make something else? And you're like, oh, I guess I'll add another tattoo to this one. Probably. Yeah, there's no way you're done. <laughs> Probably. We got, uh, me and my girlfriend got matching smiley face tattoos in Hawaii. That's cute. Mm -hmm. So why do you keep them only to your arms? I was actually going to get this one on my thigh. Scott got it on his thigh. Take your pants off, let's see. Take them off. <laughs> um, he's actually taking oh, he his pants off. <laughs> he's been waiting for somebody to ask to see it. Um, my, my thighs are too pale. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just figured, you know, I wear a lot of short sleeves, mm -hmm. T-shirts, and they kind of all show. And I really do think I'm going to put this on the record. I think I'm done. You, I feel like you put that on the record before. So. Yeah, you yeah, did put it on the record meaningless. before. But, but it does mean something more now. You know, speaking of commitment, you committed to some golden ticket winners. Yeah. Is that in existence? Like people who did you mean some back in the day? Yeah. You yeah. literally you put golden tickets in albums. Correct? Yeah, it was like Willy Wonka. Yeah, and there was five of them. And I'm Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, there was five, I believe. Um And they would win. Three of them were found. Oh wow. Yeah, three of them were found. They were like this was back when like FYE was a thing. Of course. I don't think it is anymore. That means the other two are still sitting on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why all the golden tickets were never found cuz <laughs> FYE boxed all their stuff up and went out of business. Um yeah, Best Buy was selling CDs, Target selling Honestly, that's probably why they were never found. I mean, yeah. there weren't that many CDs. We didn't print that many, but a lot of these places stopped selling physical CDs. Literally right around that time. Yeah, I know. That's wild. Crazy. <sighs> yeah. So it's at FYE and the prize was a lifetime access to your concerts, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do people call you up and go, yo, I want my ticket? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the two people that found them, I have no idea where they are, who they are, if they're still fans, if they threw it out, ripped it up. But they I are legally contracted. I mean, they, they have access if they want it. Technically, if they showed up with a golden ticket at one of my shows, I'd be like, holy shit, how do you have that? Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen one in like eight years. Didn't you uh, try to bring back the golden tickets with NFTs? Yep. How'd that go? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just give up on the whole golden ticket thing. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I recently got into NFTs about a year ago, but it seems like 10 years ago. Because um, I've just been like trying to research as much as possible about them. But yeah, I, I decided let's try to put out our own NFT. It's pretty much like five golden tickets, and whoever bids the highest on these, you know, has access, access to, to shows forever. <laughs> so, um, so it's these people, and then the other two got them from FIE. <laughs> got it. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and so, yeah, I think like three people bid on them and that was it. But I'm just going to remain like an NFT collector rather than an NFT creator for, for right now. Yeah. Do you own them? Yeah, I own a lot. Oh, I really like NFTs. I mean, I, I look at them these days just as much as I look at my music <clears throat> analytics. Oh, yeah. So what do you own? What do you got? You Let's know, some moonbirds, some monkeys. You got a bored ape, right? I had a, a mutant ape. A mutant ape. I sold it before it all went downhill. Everything is crashed right now, but... Yeah. Wow. I'll like get on the phone with my dad and talk about NFTs and my mom's like on speaker. She's like, do we have to talk about this again? <laughs> but they actually both know a lot about it because it's something that I've researched a lot. I've actually kind of, I've like tapped into an untapped market. I figured, how do I use my followers and my music to make money in the NFT world? And so what I'll do is I'll reach out to these creators of these NFT projects who just made stupid amounts of money <laughs> selling all these NFTs. And I'll say, um, can I make you a, a theme song? <laughs> I've done like 20 <laughs> and I get paid every time in cryptocurrency. I don't think anybody really is doing that. And it's like, it takes me 30 minutes. I'll, I'll write a fun little song, however, whatever they want me to. And what are they about. giving you? Ethereum? Ethereum. Well, how much Ethereum do you get for a crypto whatever, kingpin? Whatever I ask for. No, I, I normally ask for like two or three Ethereum, which right now it's not worth much. But, you know, a few months ago, it was, one Ethereum was like 4,000 something dollars. Whoa. Yeah. So when I ask for Ethereum instead of like US dollars, yeah. it makes it easier for them to be like, okay, because, you know, Ethereum might go down, it might go up, whatever. It doesn't really matter to them. But, but yeah, it's kind of like my side hustle right now. And Look I'm really liking it. Sick. And on top of that, all these NFTs have like, you know, discords with all of these people oh. in it who so are. Talk to them. Yeah. And so I'll jump in and kind of make new fans and sick. and they'll all hear the theme song and they'll all go check out my music. So it's, it's a really cool kind of side hustle to not only make new fans but make some money so is your audience gonna go from like young girls to crypto bros maybe That'd i mean I definitely, I definitely gained a pretty pretty solid i mean it's small compared to my fan base but a pretty solid like crypto you know group that knows about me that had no clue who i was before that's pretty sure. cool how, yeah. many, how many nfts do you own i sold a lot but now i have like maybe eight enough to like have have them on display at your house i have one display at my house do you really yeah Randy makes fun of me all the time in my <laughs> studio. <laughs> now, I, I know I did just say your audience is all young girls, but nah, I probably shouldn't have said that. But like, who do you think your audience is today? Yeah, and these days it's definitely not young girls. Um, it's maybe 60 girls, 60% girls, 40% guys, 60 girls. There's only, only 60, 60 girls. girls in the world right now. <laughs> I like my music. Um, I would say it's like 60, 40, and, uh, you know, they're all college yeah. and up. Um yeah, every time I go on tour, I, it, it just surprises me because I'll look out the bus window and see everyone in line. I'm like, these people are like my age. This is crazy. Well, there's a lot of people you grew up with, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those like ride or die fans who haven't left me since 2013, like I owe everything to them. Like they're always at the shows. I think they think that I think they're annoying, always popping up. But like it makes me so happy to see them at every show, like always supporting like my parents know them like. They know my family. Like, it's just, they're kind of more like friends at this point just because I really do owe them so much. They're kind of like, what's it called? Like street, uh, street team, street team. Yeah. Where they like not only listen to my music and support me, but like actively try to get other people to, <laughs> to listen and, and support, which is like the fans that you need as an artist. They so, spread yeah. the word. Yeah. 
They're great. I'm fascinated by the fact that you're uh, like a, in the crypto scene, in the yeah. NFT world. Yeah, trying not to let it obsess me because there was a there was a minute a few months ago where I'm like, okay, this is taking over music. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, music is my baby. But this is like a fun little thing when I'm you know bored on the couch for 30 minutes. So, what do you think of NFTs in music? Like, I have one NFT. Do you? I was gifted it. Nice. By who? It's from After Party. Okay. Like some utopian, I don't know, something, cool. some picture. Yeah, I mean. It's a moving picture. That's what I look at it. But I know yeah. it's more than a moving picture. Yeah, definitely. It's like a stock, basically. You, you, you know, it goes up and down in, in value. But that's like the exciting thing that I think a lot of artists are kind of looking towards because the music NFT space is like kind of starting, but like we don't really know the full potential of it. So I think artists are all kind of waiting around to like try to be on the first wave. Because yeah. it's it's coming like for sure where you're selling albums or songs as NFTs and like your fans are getting like splits from the royalties as well as you like that's all down the road. I, 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 I've heard that for months. Yeah. It's just such a retooling <clears throat> of how the system works. Yeah, for sure. Does it really have the potential to be successful? Who knows? All of this stuff is so like just up and down. It could all go away tomorrow. So that's that's kind of why I try to not just get so crazy about it. But it's just it's just fun kind of. Diving into like a new world that like a lot of people just don't really know much about. Totally. But music is forever. Music is forever. Music will never go up and down. Music is here to stay. A Tattoos is here. We're going to play it in a few. Also, link in the description below if you want to listen to any of Jake Miller's music. Do you have a date for the album? We don't, no. Do you have an um, album finished? Um, I would say I have half an album finished, but you know, we're kind of going to release single by single. Let them all kind of waterfall into an album like I did with Silver Lining 2 and... Um, uh, probably early next year we'll have an album mm. yeah but it's it, is it done done no i mean i have half of an album done 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 not mixed done done <laughs> not mixed or mastered but um songs that i know are going to come out they have to come out because i love them is that like how, how are you building an album today compared to before are you trying to tell a cohesive story or are you just putting out songs that you like when you like them i feel like every artist kind of sits down and says like all right this next album is going to be the one Let's like make every song like cohesive so it tells a story. And then at least for me, I always try to do that. And then by the end of it, it's like, all right, this is just a bunch of good songs that, you know, don't have anything to do with each other. They don't tell any story. They're completely different from the next, but still kind of similar. And that's kind of like what all my albums have been. <clears throat> Besides maybe like 2AM in LA, like that was just a reoccurring theme of sadness and mm. heartbreak. But, you know, Silver Lining 2 was just... Um, it was just kind of a bunch of a compilation of songs that I loved, and I think that that's what this next album will be too. Do you have any rules as it re re relates to like releasing music, or is it still just you? I mean, I have Empire now. I have a new PR agent. I have uh, a manager that I signed that, or signed with like right before the pandemic. So I have a full team for the first time in a while, which I'm really excited about. But um, in terms of rules, like in terms of like making the music yeah i mean creatively but also release wise is it still just solely up to you i mean there's nothing not happening that i want to happen it's more just like hey guys what can you bring to the table and if it sounds like a good idea i'm like absolutely let's green light it um but there's nothing that i like wish i was doing or something i was putting out that like my team won't let me like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely too old and too knowledgeable <laughs> at this about this industry to ever let somebody at this point in my life say like you can't put that song out. Like, we know you love it, Jake, but you can't put that out. Or like, I've seen a lot of people on TikTok say like, oh, my label won't let me put this mm -hmm. out until it goes viral on TikTok. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I just, I made a TikTok joking about that. I would never get in bed with a label that would not let me put out a song that I am that I feel strongly about. It's like, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. I've been doing this for a while. Like, there's, I'm not new to this industry. I'm not gonna, you know, work with people that are telling me what what music to put out that's all that i have you play the game in a different in a different way like it's very you isolated you're not it, the other factors don't matter right yeah i mean it, when i signed with empire i pretty much said this is where i'm at this is what i know this is this is how it's got to be i would love your opinions and your support and your help but if i feel strongly about something this is how it's got to be i mean I don't know. I think that that's the only way to kind of remain true to yourself, especially about the music. Like, you know, I went through a phase where I was kind of letting the label dictate yeah. what to put out and they weren't even letting me write my own songs for a while. And it just felt like I was not even a musician anymore. I was just like some kind of like face to it all. Um, 
but obviously I don't want that. No. I don't think any artist does. But also I, I can make the case that like you've had your most successful period after that record label. For sure, for sure. I mean, I don't know if it was because of the music that we were putting out at that time. Because we know like 2015, 2016, I had like a moment. Like it was a really special moment. But I don't really necessarily think it was because of the music I was putting out. I don't think it was because that music was better than this music. I think the time was just so, so different. Like, mm -hmm. I talk about it all the time, like, with my crew. It's like, I remember a time where you could count, like, 10 male pop artists. And I was one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, Justin Bieber, Austin Mahone, Cody Simpson, like, Emblem 3, MKTO, me. That's really, like, it. There yeah. was, like, a, it was, like, a radio cycle where, like, those were, like, Jason Derulo, like, that's that was it. And then, like, Vine hit and TikTok hit and... You know, Spotify became more important, and now there's a thousand more, you know, amazing artists coming up every day. So the competition is just so much crazier. And I think that's why that was like a moment. Like, <laughs> I think I was kind of doing something that not a lot of people were doing back then. But aren't your most streamed songs from a time that wasn't with Warner? Um, no, no, like Days and Confused, Rumors, First Flight Home. That was all. No, that around, was yeah, around yeah, the yeah. Warner. Like, era, I think you have some really I was just looking at it today or maybe it was right before Warner and Warner kind of came on board and everything just kind of elevated together rumors <clears throat> parties click you have a song called automatic that automatic we, uh, 22 million yeah, streams shout out fly by midnight it's yeah what is that friends. I met them at your show yeah they're what is that my best friend. they're what two is guys <laughs> what I, know, is that? I know that they're two men <laughs> <laughs> they're two amazing people um <laughs> they've become two of my best friends um, brought them on tour and before the tour, <clears throat> they reached out to me and said, you know, we want to have you on this song. Can you come through the studio and we want to play it for you? And it was automatic. It was already written. And I'm like, this is a smash. I've heard it once and I already know all the words to it. And we put it out. We went on tour. It was doing good. And then all of a sudden it, and now yeah. it's getting like, yeah, it has like 20 million. It, it got like 10 million streams in the last like couple months. So hopefully it keeps going. But just to, just to go back to the point, like, of how awesome it is to do this with the people you love. Like the fact that now my number one most streamed song is with my two best friends is like such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Like we text every time it hits another million. We're like 23 million, 24 million. Something you like couldn't really facilitate it before with no. Warner. Right. No, I mean, I had no really control of who I was getting into the studio with. They were just sending me addresses and saying, these are the people you're working with today. Some of those people were great. Most of them were great, but I mean, they weren't my friends, you know? Are we going to work with Fly By Midnight again for this album? Maybe, maybe. We're, we're both pretty busy. They, they're extremely busy with writing. Um, but also, I, I feel like we both are at an understanding where, like, <clears throat> give me a cough. There's there, water, there's water right there for you. Um, we're both kind of, like, at an understanding of, like, our friendship is so awesome. And, like, it's become, like, to the point where, like, we are, like, they're in my circle. I'm in their circle. Like, I was at their bachelor party, at their weddings. Like, they're my best friends. And... I know how it is when you mix business and pleasure. And when we made Automatic, we weren't as close as we were now. So I think we kind of both have like an understanding of like, we did something awesome. We made Automatic. We went on tour. I want to go on tour with them again. But in terms of like making music, because there's so much that comes along with making music, like, you know, the conversations afterwards with the managers, with the money and the splits. And like, I would just rather avoid that with like my best friends. So I'm not sure if we'll, we'll write again, but hopefully we do. And it would, it could be just easy and, interesting um, yeah but who knows a rising tide floats all boats though you know that is true you can structure everything to be fair for everyone that's true for sure and obviously i would never want to you know make a song with people and then but it does get messy feel gypped of like, course yeah but it does get messy almost every single time you do splits with anybody after you make a song you know they want more than we want to give them vice versa and it gets a little awkward which is why you let the managers do it because if the artist had to do it no artist would be friends. No. <laughs> Seriously. It's true. But yeah, we're going to let Automatic do its thing for a while. And Eight Tattoos, it is here, sparking a whole new era. Uh, how did this song begin? Pretty much like that. <laughs> you did that or you heard that? No, it's just like a little percussion thing that we did. Who's we? Me, Alex Wilk, who produced it, and Brett Truitt, who I wrote it with. So you hear that and what comes to mind? Well, I mean, that wasn't literally the first thing that we, like, heard. Uh, it was more just, like, we wrote the song, you know, the bones of it, and then we're like, all right, what should be the intro? What should be the outro? And 
this was just like one layer of the song that we're like, oh, that if you just solo that, that could be a cool intro. So is that what you meant? Or you meant like no, the first how, lyrics? No, yeah, how did it begin in the room? <laughs> um, how did it begin in the room? That was the first day I met either of them. Um, we we started a whole different concept. Well, it was it was like eight tattoos. Like last time I've seen you, you know, it's been so long since I've seen you. I, now I have new friends and eight tattoos, but it sounded completely different. It sounded like a like a sad Laney song. And it just kind of felt a little weird. And um, we're like, let's just scrap the beat, try something new. And we just started this cool, like, super fun, like, bouncy thing. And I was like, wah, 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 And we distorted it, made it all weird. And we're like, okay, that sounds like a cool John Bellion drop. Let's just make, like, a really cool, fun song with the same theme. And so yeah, we pretty much just transferred the lyrics onto a, a cooler beat. Do you make the beat to match the lyrics? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, the emotion that the lyrics bring, the music should emote Follow. the same. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny. Like the next night I went to see Billie Eilish at the forum mm -hmm. and, you know, I left the studio with not really having anything besides like a, a voice memo on my phone. And he was like, all right, I'm going to work on it, send it to you another time. So I go to Billie Eilish. I'm in the forum. We're drinking. We Ubered. Actually, we didn't, but I had a friend drive. Um, drinking a lot. I don't really know much <laughs> about Billie Eilish. I don't really know any of her music. So I'm like, it's, you know, we're on the floor. I'm with people I love. Like, let's just have fun and get drunk. I go to the bathroom. I'm like, you know. I'm at the stall kind of like drunk and I get the text from the producer. He's like, here's the first version. And like, all I hear is like Billie Eilish, you know, through the walls in this ear. I'm like kind of drunk and I'm like listening to it while I'm peeing. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this sounds nothing like how I just left the studio. Like the beat was just 10 times cooler. And I remember like running back into Billie Eilish into the show and just like being so inspired and like kind of sobering up for a second and thinking like, oh my God, like this is a really cool song I just made. And like, now I'm seeing all these people and it's reminding me of my shows and like performing at my shows. So it just, it all felt really excited. Plus I was drunk. So, <laughs> so I mean, hopefully it's good. Yeah. Hey tattoos. Yeah. I mean, you do, like if you're drunk and you're making these assumptions, are, are we not well, questioning you know how, like, our, when you listen to things when you're drunk, they don't sound the same. Like sometimes they're sped up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is just for like a, a musician's ear, but there's been times when I've made a song, gone out, come back and like, I'm a little tipsy and I listen to it and like, it all sounds like faster or just like weirder and you kind of know when you're when you're drinking if it sucks if you listen to it and it's like this is so bad like this is obviously bad or like this is really good you kind of it's like a really good like telling sign it's a good indicator yeah when you're not when, when you've been drinking a little bit and you listen to it later in the night with fresh ears honest ears yeah eight tattoos listen to the record there's a link in the description below please 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 you have a new tour coming too right i do i'm so excited when do you kick it off uh kick it off August 17th, I believe, in New York City. Pretty soon. Yeah. We're, it's not like a full proper tour. It's not like, you know, 33 cities this time. It's going to be like 10 or 11 major cities. It's called the A Tattoos Tour. We're actually bringing my personal tattoo artist to a few shows to tattoo my fans before the show. This is like such a thing now. Everybody, yeah, people I thought are I was so in, innovative. <laughs> now, people are giving away tattoos like nobody's business. It's Who's ridiculous. Doing that? Who? Um, I, I saw Easy brought his like barber to I, give people haircuts, but oh, that's pretty good. There's a giving, Tinder event that was giving out tattoos. I have a friend who's doing a label, uh, uh, an album release that's doing tattoos, and he's doing impromptu therapy, which what? I think is like really unique to have like on one side a therapist to that's diagnose crazy. you, and then then you can get a tattoo, I guess, with your diagnosis if you're <laughs> feeling up for it. Very random. Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, but I like this. So, are yeah. you going to give away free tattoos or what? So. Not free. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna charge, but I'm gonna let my tattoo artist charge what he would normally charge and take home whatever he Sick. charges. But we're gonna say, you know, there's gonna be eight slots for before the show. Eight people, eight tattoos. Um, you can only get my lyrics tattooed because I all of my all of my fans that come to my shows they all want my handwritten lyrics. <laughs> my my tat my uh, lyrics whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just said the same thing like twice backwards. I'm just really excited about this idea. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and he's probably going to take like, you know, 20, 30 minutes to tattoo these people. Hopefully I'll be like around the venue at the time, like doing sound check, yeah. running in and out, seeing how it's going. So I think it's it's definitely different. And I think uh, a lot of my fans are going to be excited about it. How do they sign up? We don't know yet. We actually just had a phone call with him yesterday because he's not coming on the whole tour. He's coming to New York City and probably a few shows surrounding New York City. So depending on how, you know, the demand in New York City you know, we'll we'll just bring him to a few more: Boston, New Jersey, Philly, 
What's funny is you don't think you're going to get any more tattoos and you're bringing a tattoo artist on the road with you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make He'll sense. He'll probably end up tattooing for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Every show. Um, no, but he did He did this one. He did the tour bus. I got a little tour bus tattoo on this last tour. It was our 10th tour in the tour bus. So me and Kevin got a little tour bus tattoo. It's like our second home. Yeah, I say you feel more comfortable on the road. You're always touring. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm always touring anymore. To do one one tour a year does not feel like a lot to me yeah um when you're on the road especially like halfway through a tour it's like wow like this is this is exhausting like so much fun but it's just physically draining um but with that being said yeah there's nothing better than being on a tour bus with 10 of your best friends i mean i had fly by midnight on the last tour we shared a bus i had kevin scott um dan my guitar player it was just like the best energy and the best like just chemistry. We would watch Squid Games after each show <laughs> in the tour bus while we're going from, you know, we're in the middle of the desert watching Squid Games on the tour bus. It was just it was a dream come true. It was so much fun. If you want to go see Jake Miller on tour, I'm going to put a link in the description to like all the tour stops. So click it. Also listen to his music. Link down there. A tattoos. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You uh, have any final thoughts here, Daniel? Yeah. Are you are you playing any instruments on these on this new album? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I help produce pretty much every song of mine at this point. Um, I'll go to a session. We'll make a super bare instrumental. I never let anyone cut my vocals. I do that all at my house. So I'll go to a session. We'll make a super generic instrumental. I'll have him send it to me. And then I'll just go home and for the next couple of weeks kind of build on top of the instrumental and cut vocals and then mm. kind of send that all back to him and he'll put final touches on it. That's just what pretty much my, you know, game plan now yeah. with every song that I do. And so I have a, a big hand in, in all the songs that I do now. Has falling in love changed the way you make music? Um, I don't think so. Not really. I mean, obviously I like writing songs about it, but I wouldn't say it changes the way I make music. Changes where you grab inspiration from? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, she's like the only person that I'll let like sit in while I'm cutting vocals. Um, so maybe like I sing better when she's sitting behind me. But um, That's trust. Yeah, for sure. That's like a vulnerable thing. I, I don't like cutting vocals in front of other people. It's just like, not only do you want to like hit it right, but like you want like the the attitude in your voice to like really like, you know, you just have to be by yourself and in a cool like light lit dark room. Like that's just how I like it. So sometimes Brandy's sitting behind me and falls asleep while I'm just working on the song. And that's kind of... Uh, it's like how I really like making music these days. I don't know. Just Adorable. At home by myself. You did tease a song, I believe, that talks about being naked and afraid in someone's bed. Mm -hmm. What's that one about? I made that before the pandemic. That was just a fun <laughs> song. We were like, why don't we make a song called Naked and Afraid? And uh, <laughs> after the TV show, obviously. And it's just a fun song about like, um, all it took was one night and I'll never be the same. I'm laying in your bed and now I'm naked and afraid. And it's just about like, you know, going out with a girl or meeting her the first night and falling in love with her in one night, not not trying to, and waking up in the morning thinking like, oh my God, I'm in your bed. Naked and afraid. I really like you. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it wasn't really based on anything in my life. It was just a, a fun concept. I mean, it's just weird because like I've known you for a while, so when I heard the lyric, I just thought of you naked and afraid in some girl's bed. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, who knows if that one will come out. I have, I have a lot of songs that, that I love that, I don't know if they'll come out if they if they'll match like the tone of this album that I'm doing, but I think it will. I really like that one. It's fun. But you've teased them. Now all I'm thinking is that every time <laughs> I hear the song, I'm gonna think of you. Um, yeah, I tease them. I actually got a call from my manager recently saying stop teasing your songs on social media because it kind of gives like the people that you wrote going back to splits and money like it kind of gives them more leverage. You mm. pretty much just announced you're gonna put this song out at some point, so now they know that you want it. You know, so it's kind of just like you got to be careful with that. So I'm trying not to tease as much music these days. I also have like a fan club that I kind of give them like unreleased music every month. So I'm going to try to just kind of save it for that. I just That's get cool. so excited after making a song. I just want to show everybody. But why not just figure out the splits? It can't be that hard. It's pretty hard sometimes. Everybody wants all of it. Yeah. It's pretty hard sometimes, especially when you're when you're close friends. Like you just don't want to ruin a relationship. But yeah, that's like the whole muddy side of the business. But. When I get home from a session and I love a song, the first thing I think of is like, I want to show everybody, yeah. not just text my friends. I want to make a TikToks and, and see if anybody, you know, see if it has like a weird spark and it goes viral and like, yeah, you gauge interest. Exactly. Yeah. I hope all the songs that you want 
to come to light, end up coming to light. Thank you. And eight tattoos. Yeah. Starting a new chapter. We went to uh, sushi recently. You're more than welcome to join us for dinner whenever you want. Depends it wasn't on what, recently. It was, it was a long time ago. but I mean, yeah, It depends on what time because I don't like to leave my house after like 7 p.m. Swear? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. Once, it hits that, once the sun goes down, I'm staying home. Say a little <laughs> afternoon sushi. Yeah, we'll, we'll just come to your house. We'll bring it to your house. Oh, you don't want to go there. <laughs> he lives in a, just a white room with a lawn chair. I have no furniture. It's really, my apartment is just an empty studio with a bed, a dresser, and a lawn chair. Wow. No Maybe lights. paint the walls or something. No. <laughs> well, you said you might be coming to Valley, so. I've been thinking about it. All right. So thinking can, about it. We can grab some sushi. Yeah. Maybe. He eats only avocado roll. Is there any fish in it? No, he doesn't it's eat just fish. Just avocado and rice. I mean, Jake, I'm a pretty boring person. Come on, <laughs> he's incredible. Sushi and no. not even get fish. No, I just get avocado rolls. It's avocado wrapped in rice. Oh, sweet potato roll too. Too. Oh no, I don't like sweet potatoes. Avo- oh, it's it's avocado wrapped rice, in seaweed, and, and wrapped in. That's it, dude. <laughs> he's basic, dude. I went to Japan before the pandemic, and just it opened my eyes to sushi, and honestly, just all foods. Like, I'll try anything, and and. Almost all the time, I, I like it. So, yeah, sushi is like one of my favorites for sure. Mine Have too. Have you ever tried other sushi? No, I don't like fish. All those sea creatures weird me out. Have you tried it though? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've only, I, I ate salmon as a kid like until I was six, and I've never touched a fish ever since. Dude, your taste buds change. You'll probably love it. There's a whole world out there for you, Dan. I don't think so. It's not for me. All right. Dan, yeah. you like edamame? I like edamame. Oh, yeah. We can put some edamame up together. Great. Good. <laughs> Green beans. Anyway, Jake Miller, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me and cats. <laughs> Beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Jake Miller. I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and have a great day. Be safe, hug your family if you can, and don't go to jail. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorastock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herlis. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. We'll talk to you soon.